Book Two, Chapter Eight of the Spy Company, a story of the Mexican War by Archibald Clavering Gunter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by John Brandon. Book Two, Chapter Eight. To save him, I spare her. During this, Harry, who has sauntered to the side of Miss Godfrey, is whispering to her effusively and proudly in backwoods candor. Hi ye, look at Carmelita trying to scalp Hampton. The cap's always the high hand with the gals, but don't let that worry ye. Didn't I see two of the prettiest poblanes in San Antone slash each other nigh into cat meat with machetes? because the cap wouldn't look at either of em bless your sunbonnet sharps as fastidious with womenkind as a coyote is with pisoned venison apparently this eulogy does not impress miss godfrey over favorably as carmelita makes her adieu to the crowd estrella raises her voice a slight coldness in it and addresses the object of wild harry's encomiums saying think i'll go in frontier gaiety rather fatigues me captain hampton so passing up the rickety stairway accompanied by the ranger officer who has called a negro boy to carry her baggage she reaches the balcony of the goliad house here zelma having come at her call she points to the bundles and hastily directs pack these very carefully for our journey then turning to Hamden, she nonchalantly remarks, I believe you said five o'clock in the morning was the hour of our departure. At that time you will find Zelma and me ready. The fluttering of dainty skirts indicates she has departed. To this cool adieu, Hampton takes off his hat politely, and minus the young lady's presence, remarks ruefully to himself, Well, I'm hanged i've seen northers blow up mighty sudden but women are quicker he comes down the steps rather moodily to be joined by wild harry who whispers in an impressive tone mighty fine gal that sir would be fine even in tennessee then goes on buoyantly i've been saying a good word for you cap getting no answer to this he chuckles snakes and gators how that dancing gal does hate jim godfrey's lily darter why the devil should carmelita hate miss godfrey asks hampton savagely you is the curt but suggestive rejoinder ever since down in madame morris she saved carmelita a lickin from her patron she's grown as slick to ye as catamounts are to catnip nonsense you're crazy wild harry not much folks think i'm out of my cabeza but i ain't i'm only cute real cute cute as a coyote that's all t'other one's kinder taken with your two remarks the frontier philosopher and goes off leaving hampton gazing after him his eyes sparkling at his last suggestion but the glance of the ranger captain grows colder as somewhat later in the evening he sees loping down the street on a dusty and hard-ridden charger handsome young pelham of may's dragoons 
who checks his horse suddenly in front of the goliad house throws his reins to the orderly that is following him and with clanking sabre and jingling spurs springs up the rickety stairs of the hotel as the dragoon is admitted by zelma hampton mutters sotto voce by the lord that's why she choked me off so short didn't want my presence to put a damper upon young west point's honeyed speeches and grows much more downhearted than he has need to be for the ranger's backwoods life away from the artifices affectations and emotions that give uncertainty yet charm to the fair sex has taught him little about the varying moods of maidenhood perchance with greater experience he would be happier than he is this evening though he has not heard wild harry's panegyric and does not know how good a word that harem scarum frontiersman has said for him anyhow no matter how she treats me she needs me and i'm her man till i've placed her safe in her father's arms says this knight of the prairies quietly to himself though as he steps down the street to look after his outfit and equipment for the morrow's journey chancing to light a very fine havana he finds it extremely bitter in his mouth but providence has other blows for the ranger's heart this evening the fifes and drums are sounding the distant reveille from taylor's camp its baggage wagons are parked ready for morning departure its provost guard is rounding up those absent from the lines without leave preparatory to early marching on the morrow the night has fallen on the frontier outpost town making it even more repulsive to the eyes of the young lady transplanted from the north than it had been in sunshine still estrella is in passingly good spirits as she paces the little veranda in front of the goliad house with dashing young pelham whose sabre clanks as his footsteps accommodate themselves to her shorter ones the young officer has chatted long and earnestly with her telling her of his life on the plains of nebraska and in the wilderness of iowa where he has been scouting during most of the two years since he saw her at saratoga his eyes have spoken more than his words indicating that perchance his tongue might say a great deal did he not deem it wise to chain it upon the commencement of a campaign which makes it hardly fair to ask a girl to endure the agonies of a soldier's fiancée but miss godfrey knows just as well as she did in saratoga what this bright-eyed handsome fellow would say to her she knows also that she has had his heart while he has been away from her at least she thinks she has this causes her to be tender to him as he asks anxiously you are sure captain hampton has made every arrangement for your safe journey certain as that he has the experience to know what i require replies the young lady why the ranger has even broken a horse for my special riding with skirts and has taught me to shoot a pistol so i can hit the bull's-eye once in a while he's making a frontier girl of me she adds laughingly at this pleasant information mr pelham looks very grave but says generously yes he's doing the right thing by you 
he's probably the very best man on the border to make your journey across the prairies safe just here a corporal dashes up and saluting cries lieutenant pelham the platoon are having a hard time up at the general jackson saloon the noise of a scuffle between some drunken soldiers and the troopers of the provost guard who are trying to round them up at a neighboring grog shop produces from the girl a slightly frightened exclamation and from the officer a mental curse you'll excuse me for a moment miss godfrey says the dragoon i've got to look after this but i'll be back in a minute the lieutenant springs down the steps leaving estrella shuddering at the sights and noises of a frontier town in the full glory of its pharaoh splendor the windows of all the gambling saloons are raised the night being hot from them the noise of carousing men and the execrations of losing gamesters come mingled with the laughter of ladies who love every man and the jabber of the mixed population mexican yankee negro and mestizo opposite the big doors of cheap glass which make the front of the bella union are thrown wide open into it lured by the music of a mexican stringed orchestra that is playing a julianne polka and the strident voices of its hurdy-gurdy girls are thronging a motley concourse of civilian camp followers of taylor's army leavened by a contingent of uncle sam's boys who have as yet dodged the provost marshal it is but a short thirty yards across the street the oil lamps of the dance house are burning very brightly and the sights within it have a kind of weird uncanny fascination for this import from civilization looking through the wide open doors over the heads of drinkers and roisterers estrella sees carmelita dancing with the languishing abandon of the spanish the soft cachuca as she snaps the castanets for a moment the young american lady forgets all else except the vivacious charm of the danseuse for bizarre effect though it is a spanish dance carmelita is robed not after the manner of castile but after the style of paris her brocade frock silken stockings and red satin bottines seem to add to her diablerie to miss godfrey the very beauty of the girl makes her reckless abandon sadly repulsive she shudders and turns from the sight then screams and gazes horrified there are quick flashes of pistols in the dancing hall and over there reports the screams of women people are flying from the open doors of the bella union and a man falls wounded in the street below her as this happens she is suddenly dragged into the house by an athletic arm the closing door muffling the sounds of a cavalry platoon dashing down the street and pelham's voice shouting hasty orders to his men as they enter the dancing saloon and round up uncle sam's deserters and put order in the place never look at a fight that you haven't any business with miss godfrey suggests hampton the crash of a window stricken by a bullet emphasizes his remark as he leads her back into her room he says while the scrimmage is going on in the street i'll show you and your maid how to do up the bundles convenient for the pack saddle oh thank you 
replies estrella effusively i am afraid our effort has not been altogether successful as hampton aids the young lady in her arrangements they are interrupted by him jones who after rapping on the door comes in and says that provost marshal lieutenant is out on the veranda he asked me to tell you that he doesn't like to leave his men miss godfrey he'd be almighty obliged if you'd just step out and say good-bye to him before he rides off to the rio grande of course i will cries estrella and passes hastily from the room leaving the ranger still engaged with her luggage as she steps out on the veranda the town has grown normal once more judging by the twanging of the mandolins and guitars that greet her from the bella union dance house leaving his orderly waiting for him with his charger the young officer runs up the steps very eagerly to the side of the young lady i hope this wretched trouble in the dance house doesn't alarm you miss godfrey he says deprecatingly it won't occur again as we've gathered in about every man without leave in the town adding severely i rather imagine there'll be some bucking and gagging up at the guardhouse for this but i'm awfully sorry for the row and why this is a very rash question from the young lady because it will shorten the time i had to say good-bye to you answers the lieutenant his voice growing so tender that it startles his listener i am compelled to report this affair at headquarters some drunken troopers have seriously injured two or three teamsters so as i've only a minute with you i'm going to make the best of it they are standing well in the shadow of the building the sign of the army of the rio grande saloon projecting partly over this balcony from the next building shields them from the observation of the street miss godfrey sees enough in the young fellow's eyes to warn her not to ask how but not waiting for the question charlie proceeds to answer it with west point strategy he whispers it wouldn't be right to tell you how much i feel now that i'm going certainly to battle perhaps to death oh don't say that cries the girl drawn by his artful touch into tender voice thank you for that tone answers the young man in enthusiastic ardor you're kinder to me now than you were at saratoga then you pleaded the child now that you are a woman you remember i told you i would bring back your souvenir he pulls from his breast the piece of the american flag i've carried it here in indian skirmishes up on the missouri and it has been my fetish i'll wear it on my heart down on the rio grande and if i come back i'll see if you won't give me for it what i want most in all this world few young girls are wholly adamant to such a speech when uttered by a long mustachioed shoulder-strapped fellow of gallant bearing and flashing eyes especially when he's going to battle and perchance to cruel death under the softness of the texan night the strains of the mandolins and guitars playing soft spanish melody from the bella union with only two friends in this place so cut off from the world she has just left estrella feels the sadness of parting with even one of them 
and her beautiful eyes fill with tears gazing upon her delicate loveliness the exquisite refinement of this fair exile from civilization made more striking by the strange setting of the shanty frontier town the young officer grows more ardent he whispers his heart in his voice say to me come back receiving no answer he pleads again say to me come back from battle oh don't talk of that of course i i hope you'll come back falters the young lady her eyes full of troubled sympathy for in imagination she sees the stricken field and this handsome fellow lying dead upon it god bless you for the words god bless you and good-bye the dragoon's tone and manner are so impulsively possessive she bashfully droops her head and lowers her eyes as she does so her forehead is touched by two eager burning lips and brushed by a long moustache before she can either protest or dissent a swinging clash of the door on the balcony indicates the advent of the texan captain through the panes of glass in its upper panel he has seen what has indicated more than it should he says quietly miss godfrey i have made up your luggage with your maid into bundles suitable for the pack saddle of the mule i think there is nothing further for me to say to you except that tomorrow morning at five o'clock i shall be here ready to take you on your way to your father good evening he raises his hat and passing quietly down the stairway stands meditatively in front of the hotel the next moment he is joined by young pelham who has whispered to estrella remember my souvenir and come into the street after the texan to the ranger the young officer says captain hampton you are as capable as any man on this frontier to make miss godfrey's journey across the prairies safe you fortunately are not at present compelled by military duty as i am to turn your face to the rio grande no but i will be mighty soon answers the texan don't doubt our boys will be with you before the scrimmage takes place of that i am certain answers the dragoon for we won't get to work immediately uncle sam's boys are to wait until they've been assaulted those are the orders i know from washington in fact every officer of the army has been cautioned not to strike first therefore someone has to take the blow some poor devil not daring to order his troopers to draw sabres or open fire will have his command destroyed and perhaps suffer court-martial in order to enable our government at washington to say we did not inaugurate hostilities the mexicans began the war well we texans have no orders from washington besides i don't think you could prevent our boys from shooting greasers at sight we've got so in the habit of it rejoins hampton grimly as the dragoon swings himself into his saddle but here the light dies away in the texan's eyes turning in his stirrups hallam seizes the ranger's hand wrings it and whispers hampton you're going to take the treasure of my life in your keeping for delivery to her father god forever bless you for your kindness to her 
as the captain starts back as if the lieutenant had struck him charlie pelham claps his spurs into his steed and dashes up the street leaving a very heavy heart behind him for sharp is extremely simple in matters of love and doesn't reckon upon a young man's enthusiastic speech and doesn't reason that though estrella may be very precious to pelham pelham may not be so extremely precious to her therefore the captain of rangers goes on his way very moodily this evening and as he makes arrangements for the coming journey mutters mentally once or twice i knew it anybody could have told that up at taylor's camp however she needs me and when she gets through needing me i'll go out and thank god for a bloody war of this colloquy miss godfrey leaning listlessly over the balcony has heard enough to make her furious with the fiery pelham as blushingly she has fled towards her rooms and sank in bashful and perturbed dismay upon a chair she marvels at the consternation that is in her as she reflects if hampton saw that unexpected salute what will he think and now the crazy words of that impetuous boy will make him suspect more her confusion is such that she scarce notices zelma who in a half-hearted way has been sewing upon the indian tunics for their journey on the morrow but her reverie is broken in upon by her maid standing frightenedly before her and pleading for the love of mercy don't tell your father startled estrella looks up and asks tell my father what that i was going to to run away from you with mr yazoo sam falters the girl in an agitated voice ever since mr him jones told me i was not to leave this room i knew you had discovered my my foolishness and so your idiotic notion for this gambler made captain hampton risk his life on the steamboat to prevent mr yazoo sam decoying you from me cries miss godfrey astonished at the anger that rises up in her against her bondmaid but her indignation is checked by the appearance of the culprit were it not for her handsomely developed figure and the passion that now and again lights her eyes though her cheeks are very pale the young woman in her short-skirted sobrette frock might be a child shrinking from uplifted rod as she pleads in in pity for me don't tell your father of course i shall have no secrets from my father why should i not tell him answers her mistress impulsively because every one here says he he is the most cruel master with his servants in all texas stammers the octoroon in broken voice with lips from which fear has driven even the rich blood of the creole nonsense he is goodness itself cries estrella indignantly those are some lies that frightful yazoo sam told you to induce you to run away with him to this she adds why for heaven's sake if you wish to leave me did you not go zelma when i gave you your opportunity in new york then i could have engaged some woman who would not have wanted to desert me here in this wilderness i did not want to leave you then madam 
says the octoroon droopingly and tearfully believe me it was only after i saw mr sam i had never been made love to before by a handsome white gentleman and he had very tender ways though as she mentions the gambler the red blood of passion is surging in her cheeks crushed by her helpless situation she pleads brokenly don't don't tell your father before miss godfrey can answer mr jones comes upstairs and with frontier hospitality offers supper thank you nothing to eat this evening estrella says rather sadly but tomorrow morning please at half-past four you'll have a real cute southwestern breakfast if old sally my cook sits up all night to get it remarks the border landlord then noting the drooping appearance of miss godfrey's culprit maid he beckons the mistress out in the hall and whispers impressively ye've diskivered her didos but just a light brishin with a hickory and for god's sake don't say nothin about your wenches wantin to run away to your dad jim godfrey's the toughest man with niggers west of the sabine and so goes solemnly away leaving estrella shocked and stunned i can't believe what you say about my father you don't know him as well as i she cries after jones in wounded indignation but after a moment coming into the room this young lady who has gradually discovered that companionship between her and zelma is a practical impossibility where slavery exists says i appreciate your devotion that brought you with me to this place i shall always protect you zelma though i cannot believe my father is the severe man people here seem to think him i shall say nothing to him the episode is forgotten thank you thank you murmurs her maid gratefully and kisses her hand anyway continues miss godfrey if papa is such an ogre i should be as frightened of him as you as his daughter i owe him obedience and i'm going to give him it from my very soul my dear father tears of anticipation hope and love well up in her beautiful eyes now she adds in attempted lightness let us get our garments ready for tomorrow. perhaps we'll have an interesting day upon the prairies even at this moment looking out through a broken window from the upper story of one of the saloons opposite the dancing girl is dejectedly disarraying herself of some cheap though gaudy finery used during her performance in the evening and muttering mentally he never came to see me dance others applauded but his hands were not there beside her sits her patron languidly smoking a cigarette he is a fierce but cunning-eyed mexican dressed as an extreme dandy of the northern provinces by his side lies a black manga but at present a cambric shirt snowy and fastened with jeweled studs covers the upper portion of his lithe snake-like person his slim waist is belted by a broad red sash in which is stuck a nasty-looking stiletto and a pair of horse pistols 
his legs are cased in silver-mounted calzaneros of corduroy velveteen that are tight as his yellow skin as far as the knee but from there are open coming down bell fashion over his feet and permitting white drawers to show along the open seams to his high untanned leather boots are strapped heavy long-roweled spurs a broad-brimmed gray sombrero trimmed with a two-inch band of gold bullion lies ready to his hand this caballero is handling his cigarette with one brown hand and is counting with the avaricious and nervous fingers of the other the money from the dancing girl's tambourine this being finished as he pockets the silver coins he looks toward the goliad house and remarks half to himself over there is don jaime godfrey's daughter the greatest rica in all of texas tomorrow morning she goes across the prairie doubtless with little escort bueno you have some fine idea judging by your face whispers the dancing girl about her an idea that will make us rich the yankee army marches south she goes towards the north canale's troop of voluntarios rancheros isn't half a night's ride towards the west what kind of a ransom would not don jaime pay for his daughter ah you mean to seize donna highhorse whispers the girl clapping her hands excitedly bravo she who offered me money in his presence she whom he looked at and scarce had eyes for me diablo snarls the man you mean the accursed texas ranger captain of whom you always think and whom you always fear breaks in the girl whom you senor bandit and senor white liver and senor bully dare not face lest he will recognize you as the bandit who loves flowers yet steals cattle and murders the helpless along the texas frontier a smile ripples her vivacious features and she cries madre mia how i laugh when i think how he pulled the cuerta from your hand and thrashed you with it in the plaza at matamoros the night you were going to beat me that's two years since you beat me no more my little stiletto the last time was so nearly fatal eh mi amigo then the mocking jeer in her voice changes to an eager intensity but you want me to do something that will injure her i am at your service i wish you to find out who rides with senorita godfrey tomorrow morning santos i'll do it answers carmelita but have a care you do your part play double with me and i shall whisper you are an espia for carabijol and canales upon the yankee soldiers then how long do you think you'll live my poor florito Cielo, your face is as white as your liver now as the man shudders from her she says gaily i'll go over and sing a serenade to senorita yankee 
and find out who takes care of her on the prairie picking up her guitar she runs down the stairs trips across the street dashes into the goliad house gives a dainty feminine rap on miss godfrey's door and sings in her sweetest voice a charming little spanish melody as the portal is opened she cries to estrella by your eyes i knew you liked music as i sang today have another song from carmelita before you sleep ah you have a guitar too you sing like me your eyes seem to pity me today she is about to spring into the room but the young lady from the north looks coldly upon this pretty but outer creature in the gaudy finery of a frontier soubrette actuated partly by anglo-saxon indifference and partly by what she has heard of this girl's passion for captain hampton she is about to say excuse me this evening i'm tired when carmelita catching the denial of her eye cries suddenly no music like to hear the story of a waif of the border who never knew a mother's kiss who never knew a father's arms come in says miss godfrey impulsively come in then she whispers sadly i had a sister who were she alive might say the same as you come in pretty one ah you're opening your arms for me you don't think i'm a little snake that's right trust carmelita and dancing into the room the delicate and agile creature almost nestles in miss godfrey's lap and artfully tells her a very sad story of how she had no recollection of parents but had been taken by the good sisters of chihuahua who wanted to make her a nun but that feeling too gay for a convent she had run away and under the patronage of florito had become the most celebrated dancing girl of the north of mexico dios you should see me at fairs in the plazas of monterey and matamoros hmm the men loved me she says archly the women she shrugs her shoulders not so much but you and she gets prattling with miss godfrey till she learns the details of estrella's journey and now doesn't dare to refuse that young lady's gold but coming from this interview as soon as carmelita is out of observation of the goliad house she dashes uncle sam's good double eagle into the mud stamps upon it viciously with both little feet and says not from her not from her then pauses and half reels and sighs brokenly my god he he protects her across the prairies so coming in before her patron who is eagerly awaiting her report she remarks there is no good in trying to attack this american young lady my poor florito she has a whole company of dragoons to accompany her to san antonio de bexar for a moment the mexican looks disappointed and dismayed then he bursts out at her you you miserable little liar she has nothing of the kind all of the yankee soldiers march south tomorrow 
tell me the truth diablo i have straight as if i'd sworn it on the virgin she answers resolutely you traitor he raises threatening hand caramba whispers the girl why should i not tell you the truth when i hate her because he loves her under those circumstances i expect you have mutters florito but if not he goes away a very nasty threatening in his snaky eyes looking after him the dancing girl cries to herself santos how i hate her but i love him i have lied to protect him from those murderous lancers of canales to save him i spare her but santa maria she shall not have me caballero i have loved him ever since he saved me from florito's cruel hand and loved no one else and yet dios de mi alma under her very eyes he tossed his doubloon to me as if i were a beggar and this girl who had been roguishness and abandon and gaiety itself before the guffawing crowd of the frontier street throws herself down upon a dirty couch of sheepskin and sobs and sighs as if her sprightly soul would leave her beautiful body End of chapter 8 Recording by John Brandon